All right, 006, and we feeling good, y'all. It's Married to the Games. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, kids and wives and nine to fives. We keeping it moving, baby. Uh, Gabe Patillo here with Timothy Hall as always. And, and where's Tim Router? Tim Router ain't here with us today. <laughs> <laughs> he's sleeping on the job, man. Where, where's he at? Yeah, he's visiting Pooh and Walt Disney World. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's doing like a cruise and everything. Yeah, man. Well, well now we're not going to know when anything's coming out or how much what sold the week before. That's okay. There's there's so much crap. It's just just play something. <laughs> Buy something. Exactly. Um Tim Router, miss you man. Hope you come back soon. In his absence, we're going to have a special guest on. Uh Timothy, I kind of told you about him. I think it's going to be really exciting. He's a really good guy. Can't wait to talk to my man Bradley C. So we'll we'll have him on in a little bit. Do a little interview with him. Um but how was your weekend? Pretty good, man. Uh, last week, it was either last week or the episode before, you reminded me about NBA Jam existing, so I went back and played it <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> that game. Yeah, I remember it existed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and I'm talking about the new one, of course. Yeah, the, of course, yeah. I've got the Sega Genesis, edition. but I'm, I, I'm okay. I'll, I'll play the new one. Um, yeah, exactly. That game. I am so glad they have the classic mode because right as soon as I could buy the classic players, I was like, screw these new guys. I don't even know who they are anyway. <laughs> so I'm rolling Pippin and Rodman, and that is it. There you go. There you go. That's you know all. how to do it. You know how to exactly, do it. Exactly, man. I mean, for for people our age, like that game has such a – what am I trying to say? Like it's – there's a, a point in my life where I was really into basketball – of course. And yeah. really into NBA Jam. And it's like, so I have to be playing as those players. I can't be playing as these <laughs> Well, you know, you know what it was. You guys. You know what it was. What? And, and it's subconscious, but because where are you from originally? Uh, Dayton, Ohio. Okay, Dayton, Ohio. I'm from California originally, moved to Nashville when I was like 10. It was the Jordan era. That like, is just true. kids loved Michael Jordan. And so regardless of what state you were from, what college your parents went to, you love Jordan. And because you love Jordan, you love Rodman Pippen and you love yep. the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? You just love the Bulls, yeah. You just love the Bulls, period. It doesn't, yep. it didn't, Jordan's not even on the game, but you still played as the Bulls. I'm so glad you, know you I mean? share that. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad you share that with me because I try to explain that to, uh, people quite a bit younger than me and i'm like you know you just you had to live that era as a kid to understand why nba jam was so important you know what i mean exactly like, even though it didn't have jordan didn't have jordan. didn't have to didn't have to didn't have to and he's like one of those he's one of those rare guys that like he stayed out of games pretty much like those big corporate games like that of course he had the i think he had the jordan versus bird games or whatever oh yeah but yeah. like you know, the, the fun ones like NBA Jam, like he never, he just never was in. And, uh, but it didn't matter because he's Michael Jordan and he played <laughs> for the Bulls and they won championships with him, couldn't do it without him. And then he came back from baseball and they won some more and he was just oh, yeah. that guy. And so for our age, for the people that are floating around 30 something and, and people older, you know, people that really lived through the Jordan era and, and know all about it. You know, there was just a thing you had for the Bulls. You either loved them or you hated them. Nobody just kind of liked the Bulls. You know what I mean? Yep. 
they're That's either the truth, man. M- murdering your team or you're rooting for them and you're watching Jordan do all kind of crazy stuff that these kids now playing basketball wish they could half accomplish. I know, man. That, that's the thing is the magic were my team, but you know, Jordan, I got so much Jordan stuff still to this day, you know, just from collecting. It's like, and yeah. everybody had the shoes and everybody had the jackets. You remember those giant starter jackets? Oh, of course. Do I remember? Yeah. Like freaking stay puff <laughs> yeah. marshmallow man jackets. Exactly, man. Everybody had them. <laughs> like I even talked to my wife and she had them. Yeah. It was just like. Every, you know, it was every that era. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, uh, that's awesome. So is that what you did this weekend? Did you played freaking NBA jam? Yeah, that's pretty much all I had time for. I was, uh, catching up with some work stuff. So that's I mean, uh, yeah, that's all I had time for. I was actually home this weekend and it was a beautiful thing to actually be home on a weekend. And so I'll, I'll probably be gone for the next, and this is not exaggerating, but I'll probably be home maybe three weekends. Out of the next, let's see, five, six months. And so just to get this weekend, to be able to be with my family on a Saturday and a Sunday, my wife ran a, a 5K on Sunday. It was called the Color Run. Uh, they do them all over the country. And so just to be able to be there and support her in that and, and stuff like that and be a dad and that's uh, awesome, man. Was, was awesome. So I didn't, I want to say I, I, I spent all my time with family and sound like a really good husband and, and father. But I also beat Mass Effect 2 this weekend. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> that, was, that was a good time for me, too, because now I can move on to the third one. I'm kind of got it up in the air. I'm like, okay, do I want to overload myself with Mass Effect 3, or should I move on to Bioshock 1 and st- and and then like do a back-and-forth thing? But part of me feels like I need to catch up and, and actually get to, you know, this the, at least the last five years of gaming. Yeah, let Mass Effect 2 simmer a little bit i mean i have i beat it probably i don't know four months ago so and i'm about to go into three so and i'm i everything's still pretty clear so yeah exactly exactly um she's louise all right so do you did you play anything else was it nba jam was all you did since we talked last that was pretty much it <laughs> i love it i'm so <laughs> I mean, glad I, i'm so glad thing. you went back and played it that's the thing you get you get into See, I started playing it thinking like, I got time to play two games, I guess. Play two, and I was like, I'm gonna just keep playing this for a little while. <laughs> so, and I ended up playing for probably three hours or something. I don't know. Oh, man. It's a fun I, game. Exactly. I mean, that's how you, that's how you know a game's good when you're in the heat of Borderlands 2 and they're releasing all this downloadable content and you could be playing that and beating that. You still went back and, and played some NBA Jam. And, and those are simple games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, that's going to be what's so cool about talking to Brad here in a second is that his collection era just comes from an era of simple games, man. There wasn't mm-hmm. a bunch of buttons and, and, and all this. So you want to get in with Bradley C? Yeah, man, let's do it. Like I was saying, Tim Router is not here today. He's playing hooky. And so we got a special guest. We got Bradley C. in the building. Bradley, how you doing that there, brother? Patello Hall, good to be here. Yeah, man, it's great to have you. Great to have you. Oh, well, thanks. It's uh, like an honor. I'm telling you. I, I, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. 
<laughs> yeah, it's been a real long time coming, right? <laughs> a couple weeks at least, anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, Bradley C, I, I'll give, I'll give the short. So I've known Bradley for, I want to say a couple years now, right, Brad? You know, we, we, it's funny because we have a lot of similarities in our lives. And then when our paths finally cross, it's like, dude, me too. I don't know how many times we said that and getting to know each other. It's like, me too. We have the same anniversaries. We, I don't know, yep. same age. Well, wait a minute. Yep. I don't know. Kind, well, kind of at heart, <laughs> at heart. And we at have a heart. passion for the games. So exactly. And so Bradley is a man. He, I like to say about Bradley is, hey, you know, you know, I'll explain to somebody who might not be in the games. I'm like, you know, like stand up arcade games. They're like, yeah. I'm like, Bradley brings them back to life. And I think that's like one of the I think that is kind of all encompassing. And you have a, a very specific era. What's your era of gaming that you that you mess with? Well, I like to collect 1976 to about 1984. Now, there are a few exceptions in my collection. I, you know, I, I do have a few games that are outside of those years. Um, but generally speaking, that's the, the era of games that when I was growing up was like the thing. And so a, a lot of the games just have a certain memory or the sounds have some sort of attachment uh, that resonates in my mind or something. I don't, I don't know. But for me, those are the games that I remember playing or watching at arcades being played. Right. And so that's why I have the most fondness for those. And, uh, and, and how, when did you start collecting? How many years ago was it? You think you started like, not just like had one, cause you probably had one before you were like, you know what? I'm gonna start really getting these things. Right. Well, you know, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, I did get my first game arcade machine when I was in eighth grade. Uh, uh -huh. and I remember paying for that. I paid $60 for an asteroids, <laughs> uh, arcade machine. And, nice. and this is at a time when, you know, I'm in eighth grade. So I had $56 in actual cash and mm -hmm. the last $4 I had to pay for with quarters, believe it or not. It's <laughs> true. I like it. But. To answer your question, I, I'd say, honestly, I started collecting uh, probably about 10 years ago. It's where I really started getting into it uh, more so than just uh, having a couple games around, but actually saying, you know what, uh, I kind of want to build a little collection here. Yeah, and you and you have way more than just a collection of games. I don't want somebody listening to think, oh, so he just goes out and buys these games and blah, 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 and then has them in the house. You You get stuff that's not even working. You get stuff that oh, I, you yeah. plug in and nothing comes up and you, you go from the circuit boards to the monitors to the power supply. And I, I mean, you totally refurbish these things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, honestly, that's probably, uh, how I prefer to find the games, uh, if I can find them not working, usually that means that you can get into them for a price uh, a little bit better than what it would be if it was working. And going into pretty much any game, I know, like, this is going to cost me this. This part isn't available. I'll never find this thing. Right. Uh, you know, so I kind of know right away, like, is this going to be a lopsided investment or is it going to be something where I can say, hey, you know, I can keep it for a few years and then 
maybe I'll uh, get rid of it and I'm not going to lose my shirt on it. So right. uh, it's just a passion of mine. I've just enjoyed doing it. I love playing the games. I love fixing them more than I actually love playing them. I, I hate to say that, but it's true. Uh, I, I spend more time fixing and repairing and getting the next game up and running right. than actually playing the last one I fixed. What do you feel like has been your biggest hurdle? Like what what is there a one problem that comes up all the time that you're like, oh, no, this game doesn't have this. And that's always hard <laughs> to get a hold of. Uh, well, not so much that, but I will say that there is so many things that never make sense. And that seems to be the most frequent problem. It's like somebody saying one plus one is two. Well, in video game world, that never seems to be the case. So my <laughs> wife jokes about it with me. She says, well, listen, when I say I'm going to go out and, and work on this game and my classic line is, it should only take a few minutes. And right, my wife course. looks at me and is like, yeah, right. You know, because she knows <laughs> that she's not going to see me for two hours. So something that takes should have taken a couple minutes because of this or because of this or because of this ends up taking two hours or more. Or I walk in the house uh, saying this ridiculous. It's so stupid. I can't get it working. And it makes no sense. My my famous line is, it makes no sense. <laughs> so I would say probably that's that's the more common thing than anything. Uh, as far as parts, there are some, uh, uh, there is some availability for some of these classic games for parts, some reproduction parts out there. Uh, and then I have enough context from over the years of doing this that I can ring somebody up and say, hey, uh, I, I think I might be able to get one of these games. I'm going to need this and this. Any idea where I can find one of those? And, and, and there are people that I network with that will tell me straight up like, oh, boy, that you're not. And when I hear that, I'm like, OK, this isn't the game for me. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Have you, so I know that you're always you're always going for the deal. And I, and I and I love that because I'm a deal man myself. I love getting a good price on something. <laughs> you know how I am. I love I love paying the 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 least amount for something that I can. Just and it's not even because I mean there is because I'm cheap, but there's also <laughs> just that <laughs> there's also just that like you know what you know you always feel better about spending the money when you feel like you've gotten your money's worth. So I know that you're always going for a deal. I got to go on a game run with you. You know, what is that two weekends ago, which was super cool. I'd never I'd never been on one with you. But um, has there been a game that you saw that came across your plate and you were like, oh, I don't care what it is. I'm I'm paying the money for this. Like, I'm getting it. Well, uh, like you guys, you know, I'm married. So uh, there's a limit. No matter how much I want it, um, yeah, you know, but there, you know, I would say probably there have been a handful of games and, and I mean, literally uh, a handful that um, I said, you know what, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And, and those games, just for, for everybody out there that's listening, uh, one game is the Environmental Discs of Tron game, uh, which is probably one of the most sought after arcade games by ar arcade collectors, whether they're older collectors or, or newer collectors or whatever, that seems to be one of the, uh, as they call, grail games out there that everybody wants. Um, there are some of them out there, but they do fetch a, a really high price tag. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things when I finally said, I'm going to commit to this. I knew what it was going to cost me approximately. And believe it or not, I, I got into mine for just an incredible price. And I, and I was very fortunate to do that. Uh, on a side note, I will say this. Uh, recently, 
I, I grew I grew up in a very small town, very very small town where everybody knows everybody, and it's kind of uh, one of those things where you know an, an old country town type of thing. Well, recently, I should say, probably a couple of years back now, uh, I ended up running into. Uh, one of my kindergarten teachers or something, and she's like, I had you when you were blah, blah, blah. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, long story short, um, I ended up talking to her because I had talked to a, a guy at Home Depot one day about – I was trying to find some carpeting that matched – um, this inside carpeting inside this Discs of Tron game. There's a, a thing that you lean up against and it's carpeted. And I wanted to get that carpeting replaced. So I went to Home Depot and I was matching this up and the guy says, well, what is this for? And I said, well, it's for actually for an arcade game. And he's like, oh, my, my brother-in-law uh, gets into those games or something. And I said, well, what's your brother's name? Turns out it's uh, – the son of my old kindergarten teacher. So I ended no up way. Yeah, talking to her. It's a real small world. But the long and the short of the story is this. I ended up going to her house and uh, turns out upstairs in this old country, you know, I mean, it's on a farm. Yeah. Uh, on the second floor of the house, here's one of these environmental discs of Tron games. No way. Know, like, <laughs> So, I mean, you know, it's the weirdest places that you find some of these things, but that's just how this hobby works. I mean, we're talking literally 20 minutes from my house, and yet there are people that would drive over a 1,000 miles for one of these. Oh, that's my amazing. gosh. That is incredible. Yeah. Timothy Hall wanted to get a uh, – what were you talking about, Timothy? Well, I told Timothy what you were into. He was like – Oh, I can't wait to talk to this guy. Cause yeah, which it, one, probably, which it probably one? falls in the vein to uh, the cocktail cabinets for uh, was the it original Pac-Man? Pac-Man. The original, original Pac-Man. Pac-Man, yeah. I really right. like that. I have one in my living room, actually. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of these days I'm going to get one. I've seen them on Craigslist. I'm kind of... You know, waiting for that right moment where I can probably pick one up and make a small repair or something, so... I, I mean, right. I, I dabble in that stuff. I'm nowhere near as technical with those kind of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've seen them. I like them. And one of these days I'm going to own one and probably just put it in my man cave or something. <laughs> Timothy, is it, is it, is it, is it, it kind of like I was? I was like, I want to be the guy that has an arcade in his house. Like, I just want to be the guy that has a video game arcade in his home. It's kind of that, but it's... It's more, I want to be the guy that owns one MAME cabinet and one cocktail, and that's it. Because <laughs> oh. I don't want it to get... Yeah, I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I love arcade machines, and kind of like how Bradley was talking about, like, there's just... Since we grew up with actual arcades existing, we have fond memories of going to arcades and being surrounded by those sounds. You know what I mean? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, you can, then that will, that will almost never happen again. You know what I mean? Like, as in terms yep. of having an actual arcade, like, like if I get a cocktail Pac-Man, I'm going to have to eat pizza on it just like I used to, <laughs> you know, in the old days. Cause that, that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause that, that's just, those are my fond memories of being in the arcade and, and, you know, being surrounded by like, music and then having all the game sounds going on around you that's just those are my memories and you know it's like it's so sad that we that we could just never get to live that again but i will bring the arcade home i will do what i have to 
I, I know that's right. It, it's deep down in you. I, I, I'm the same way. I can come, I can rent some skates too and just skate around you if that'll make you feel like you're more <laughs> yeah. back in the day. Get some roller skates out and do it, do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, you know, I, a, a couple of points there, uh, that I'd like to address real quick if I could there. You know, it, there's a couple of different things that you brought up there. And, you know, when we're talking about the main machines, you're just talking about that just a little bit. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I will say that I'm very much a purist. I know that there are a lot of people out there that will say, you know, I'll just get one of those multi boards that runs like 60 classic games. Right. Um, believe it or not, I'm one of those weirdo people that can actually tell the difference in uh, the Donkey Kong on a multi board and the actual original Donkey Kong, though they look very much the same. And some of the games on those multi games are dead on, but some of them, the look of them is just a little bit different. Some of them play a little different and some of them, the sounds are just a little bit different. So I'm one of those strange guys that is a, a purist in this and that I want the game, not only do I want to fix it, but I want to restore it back to exactly how it was when that uh, arcade uncrated it there and put it on the floor. Like that's how I want it to look, and I want it to play with the original, uh, you know, PCB in it uh, and all that sort of thing. That that's that's sort of how I I've um, kind of evolved into this. You know, years ago, I never started out saying I'm going to have a arcade in my house or something like that. It was really through, you know, I remember this game. And here I found it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to see if I can get this. And I will say that when I first got into games, I didn't know how to fix them. Right. And that was a really scary thing for me to say, here's this Pac-Man game. It's not working, though. I don't know what's wrong with it. I'm going to have to take it to somebody that can fix it. How much is that going to cost me, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so eventually I got into it so much so that um, you know different friends and stuff said, look – you just need to start diving into this yourself. Let's, you know, let me show you a couple things. And, and, and so that's kind of how I got into it. So when you said before about me having the technical know-how, uh, you know, I haven't been trained any more so than anybody else. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, trust me, I'm, I'm more of a, I, I've been, you know, repairing computers for 15 years. I've been repairing consumer gear, audio stuff for, Quite a while. I know. I know some. I know how to solder. You know, an entire board and stuff like that. But as far as getting into arcade machines, I know that's a whole different world, and I know that's something you got to dive deep into. The only reason I said I'm gonna, I would be looking into getting a Mame is because if I brought more than two, my wife would kill me. <laughs> it would be well, over I, at that I, point. <laughs> you know, that's such a valid point, uh, uh, Gabe and and uh, Hall. There, I got to tell you this now. I don't know how many people I have encountered over the years that have said to me, I would love to have a Frogger machine or something, but my wife would kill me. And I got to say, <laughs> right. my wife – now, Gabe's met my wife many times. Yes. Uh, uh, my wife is a rock star when it comes to this stuff. She is she totally sure supportive. Is. And, and honestly, she plays the games – more than I do, because most of the time <laughs> while I'm fixing something, she's 
playing something. And I will note that she has gotten really good at certain games. So don't let her fool you. A few <laughs> years ago, we went to um, a friend of mine was having an arcade party in uh, Minnesota. We stopped over at his place and he's got, you know, different arcade collectors from the Midwest that had come over for this one day to play games and whatnot. So he's got the game Mario Brothers down in his basement, which I have as well. And my wife has mastered Mario Brothers. And I mean mastered, mastered. So she plays it dumb while she's there. She's like, okay, so um now what you you jump on the guy or, oh, or that's what you're know, playing right. it like she has no idea <laughs> and then right. schools these guys. I mean just leaves them in the dust. And it's just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't let her fool you guys. I Don't let her fool you. That Jess, is, man, that's that's hilarious. Best. <laughs> but uh, my wife seriously is awesome, and I and I did mention that just a little while ago that I do have a Pac Man cocktail in my living room. It was one of those things that I, I don't really get into the Pac Man or the cocktail models of games. And 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 for those of you that are listening, a, a lot of the games back in the day were released in the upright stand up machines. Some of them were released in the stand up and a cocktail version, which is the the one with the glass top that you know you used to see in like Pizza Huts yeah. and stuff like that. And then there were other versions, um, the cabaret model, which was like a smaller, shorter stand-up model. And then also um, some were in like the cockpit version, like a pole position or something where you would actually sit inside the machine and it was like a car type thing. Um, but there was no rhyme or reason to how manufacturers did that. Sometimes they'd do an upright and a cocktail and then sometimes it would be – uh, I don't know, just a cabaret and a upright or something. It, it, there was no rhyme or reason for it. But among collectors, cocktails generally aren't real collectible. I, they're cool, but they're not what people are, are really seeking unless it is a Pac-Man cocktail or something like that. So I, I do have a few pack or I do have a few cocktail machines. Um, and when I finished the the Pac-Man, uh, restoring it, I should say, my wife said, well, this thing's cute. Let's bring it in the house. <laughs> I was like, I got the thumbs up to bring it in the house. I'm bringing it in the house. <laughs> exactly. Because you guys got you guys got rough winters. You're up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. You guys have rough, rough winters. And, I, and I've seen – I've been to your house, so I know you have some down in the basement, and then you have some out in your garage. And right, so right. I know just that – being in the garage has got to be freezing cold, so you're going to jump at any opportunity to get one of those bad boys in the house. Absolutely. I have found that when she's not home, I can bring a game, put some cardboard down in my living room, and work on it there. As long as I get it out of the house before she gets home, I'm okay. But, uh, uh, I have probably about 30 games in my basement in a in a oh, arcade wow. down there. And then I have, um, I, don't, I don't even know, I would say probably 60, 70 games in my garage, which during the winter months are not played at all because of the cold. It's not good to run them in the cold. Uh, I also have a storage unit that has many, many, many games in it, and I also have a warehouse location that I have a ton of games stored at, as well as some games, believe it or not, out on locations yet that you still have people coming and playing and putting quarters into. So hmm. I, I have probably about 200 games. I can honestly say I don't know the exact number. I, I probably should for insurance purposes, but uh, <laughs> you know, one of these days I'll get around to counting them or whatever. But um, the one thing I would like to say about that is, is that it's really amazing to see 
this collection of machines all together in one place. Yes. And that is really hard for people to grasp onto sometimes. Um, to get all these games in one spot is really a, a feat in itself because they have come from all over the country. Yeah. And to end up in one location – uh, it's great when you see them and say, hey, there's a Centipede and there's a uh, Mr. Do and there's a Zaxxon and there's a Tron and there's a Tapper. And, and that's great. But to get them all there is another thing when you're yeah. talking about mm-hmm. long distance trips, shipping, uh, staying up all night so that you could leave at one in the morning to go here and pick this up. And, and you know, there's a lot to it. So when you see them, it's really pretty impressive. Bradley, you say you got a long run coming up. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be leaving in the middle of the night to go um, driving several hundred miles, and I'm going to be picking up um, a total of nine machines, maybe even more. Uh, the one one location does have uh, quite a few to pick from, and the price is right, and I, I love deals like that. So, uh, uh, exactly. you know, I'm I'm very uh, frugal like uh, Mr. Patillo there. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but, you know, I I absolutely love um, the excitement, I should say, of of getting a bunch of games that you have no idea what's wrong with them and literally going through one by one, plugging them in, trying to figure out what it's doing, what it's not doing, and then thinking that these games have probably been sitting in this location for years and years and years, not working. Oh, yeah. And now people can actually – Plug them in and play them and enjoy them again. You know, that's like so cool. That's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. uh, A collection of 200, man, that's – isn't that competing with like some of the actual arcades that like the – like the events are done at now? You know, like when somebody goes to break a new record, you know, how they go to – oh, what are the arcades they go to? I'm trying to think of the names. You'd probably know. The one one place that everybody gets into is the Fun Spot place in New Hampshire. That's right. That's yeah. right. Now that's where the King of Kong movie was filmed and all that. And I, I will say, uh, and Gabe knows this. I'm I'm not I'm not real social when it comes to um, a lot of the collectors and stuff like that. Like I'm nothing against them, and I'm I'm happy to talk to them and stuff. But I'm I'm not real big on like high scores and stuff like that. To me, it, it's just more of a. It reminds me of back in the day, and and actually, um, oh yeah, not this past summer, but the year before, uh, my wife and I came and stayed with uh, Gabe and his wife for a few days. And one of the things that we did is we went to this. Uh, place i'm not remember i don't remember what it was but it had an arcade in it uh no it oh, had yeah. modern we were games at the, uh, opryland opryland hotel right right and it had an arcade and and there was modern games in there but we walked in there because of course you know we're we're gamers we got to go in you know <laughs> you know and our wives are like rolling their eyes saying like oh brother of course you know so as, as they hand us the dollar bills right. we're like yeah can i get a dollar <laughs> So we walk in there, and I will say I was immediately brought back in time by the smells in the air. Now, and I'm not think, <laughs> I'm not even saying anything bad about it. It was just there was a certain aroma that was like, man, I remember this. It was so weird because it was like flashback for me, and that's how it is when you know being around all these games and they're on, and you hear all the sounds they're making and and stuff like that. It, it's yeah. just cool. That's awesome, man. Um. So. so Bradley, so you're going on this couple hundred mile run. What what do you what do you pick these games up in? Because I was with you in your van. There's no way you're getting more than what 
two, three games in there. Yeah, well, I, for the record, I've done four in my van at once, and that wasn't an easy trip. No that was, way. That was with the back doors open all the way home. So, But usually, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I've done, and I've sent you picture mail of different game runs where I've got a trailer full of games, you know. Yeah. Tomorrow yep. is yep. my first. I'm actually going to get to the location, or I should say 10 minutes away from the location, and I have a U-Haul trailer rented, and I'm going to uh, load up my van and this U-Haul trailer and bring them all back to Green Bay. Uh, there's a couple that I'm probably going to keep. The others I will... Um, you know, get up and running and sell or, um, you know, keep them for location pieces because having games on location and, and this is cool to, to see people playing these games today. But like for me, I kind of treat it like, um, I was an operator back in the day. Like every so often I go in and pull out a couple pieces and put a couple different ones in there so that there's a variety for people that frequent the establishment more than once or twice or whatever that they say, Oh, uh, now he's got a, a frogger here. You know, that's cool. I'll play that one or something, you know, so that there is a variety. Um, it's, it's just for fun for me, but at the same time, uh, uh, some of these pieces that I pick up like tomorrow are, very possibly going to be games that uh, will be out on a route. Uh, last summer, I picked up a Space Invaders game that had been sitting in a guy's garage for years and years and years. I got it home. I spent probably about a half hour on it, and about an hour and a half later, it was on a location because I had an open spot at once. So <laughs> to have awesome. this in somebody's That's garage awesome. and then go to people are enjoying it is is pretty cool. That's awesome. I freaking love so, it. Timothy Hall, we got to get you one, man. We got to get you one up and running at the house. After we purchase a home, I've been thinking about because I don't know if you know Bradley. It's it's not hard to find a home in Tennessee with a basement, but it's a lot harder than you know up north because the humidity we have here it has something to do with the ground, and it's just a lot harder for them to build basements here. But I'm looking for a home with a basement so I can at least put a couple units down there. I mean, if it were if it were my pick. I would probably get maybe three or four, and I would need to get the cocktail. And I'm a lot younger, so I would have a Street Fighter two. Exactly. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I would get. Uh, I mean, I think Street tough. Fighter two. Street Fighter two is like a must have for somebody that who grew thirty like and under from the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I was exactly. Say, okay, anybody um, that was gaming. Let me ask you guys. I, I gotta ask you. Uh, well, well, first of all, I, I just gotta say the the basement thing. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I do take for granted that I, I have basement space to you know be able to do that. You know, when I stayed at Gabe's house, he's like, oh, "There's no basement." I felt like I was in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You know, there's no basement in the Alamo. You know, like what, what are you talking about? But um, uh, as far as that goes, I gotta ask you guys. Like, what game? brings you back to the day like if there was an arcade game that you would say man i i remember playing that and putting quarters in it like it was yesterday what game would it be hall either simpsons arcade or the turtles oh really teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah the reason those bring me back is because you'd have you know you and your buddies standing around the machine Everybody's freaking out because uh, Shredder's just turned everybody into little turtles, and you got to hurry up and put your quarters in and continue. You know what I'm saying? Everybody freaking out like that. That's not. Yeah. That's gone. That's gone forever. I mean, I, it's I'm, not forever. Were, um, it's not gone forever. There's going to be something. There's going to be something that brings us back together. I know that we have the multiplayer now, but I can't yeah. give up on the public 
get together and do this thing, you know, whether it's the freaking slapping your quarter against the glass saying I'm next or what it's going to be, but what it's going to look like. But I think there's going to be something that brings us all back together in that way. There was a day where these manufacturers now, now the era that I collect is the era where video games just went insane. People yes, could yes. not get, I mean, I, I I cannot explain the cultural impact that video games had at that time. We're talking Pac-Man sleeping bags, uh, Cubert lunchboxes. We're oh, talking yeah. uh, Zaxxon puffy stickers, you know, for Television your sticker shows. book. I mean, I, I mean th- it was that big. But, um, you know... It, it, it's a lot different now. When you when you're talking about video games now, I think people have grown up playing them. They're just used to it and stuff. But for me, it was like this was the coolest thing uh, under the sun. It was just the coolest thing. And and for mm-hmm. me, um, I love to go back and 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 relive that. You know, to me, I I don't, I don't want to say like I'm stuck in the '80s, but at the same time, I, I really enjoy um, the simplicity of the gameplays back in that day and, mm-hmm. and age. And uh, there's a couple games from back in that era that. I really love playing myself to this day and that I, I feel I, I'm pretty good at. Um, but also I feel that a lot of the games from that era were completely unique new concepts and it was mm-hmm. cutting edge at that time. How oh, many yeah. different unique features that games had that, you know, it was like, what, where's the limit? Where can we go with this? What else can we do? And I swear that must have been so fun for these uh, manufacturers to be able to come up with, hey, you know what? I got an idea. And for somebody to just say, let's go with that. Let's try it out. Let's see how it does. And some of those ideas went huge. Yeah, exactly. That's I pretty think, amazing. I, th- I think too, for, I think for me, gosh, I'm trying to remember like going to the arcade. I always played weird games. I'm just, I was just that kid. Like, number one, me and my brother are like four and a half years apart. So at that age, there was nothing he could beat me in. Like, it was just impossible. He wasn't strong enough to do, you know, track and field or anything like that. But I think, like, if I were to think back, I think it's got to be Dragon's Lair 2, probably, which is kind of a cop-out because it's not really a game game. Like, you can't actually control anything about it. But I used to love that game, and I loved the story, and I loved the way it looked. And then there was another one called... uh Boo, boo, boo. Dragon's <laughs> Lair 2 was a dud. Dragon's was Lair awesome. was a great game. Gra- Dragon's Lair would have people lined up out the door to play it. Dragon's Lair 2 was a dud. Uh, there were a few sequels back in the day that were duds one was spy hunter uh spy hunter 2 came oh, out which spy i actually hunter 2 have was awful yeah i i have one and i will say that it is probably regarded as the worst sequel to a game ever um you know <laughs> so the the sequel's not always a, a a good thing you know but uh Dragon's Lair 2. Gabe, come on. I know. You're killing I, that's, me. What, that's what, that's just what I remember, like, as a kid going and visit. It, it's more that it holds a place. Like, it's when I'd go visit my grandparents and they would take me to Aladdin's castle and, and let me run around. And, and that game was in the front and it was huge, even though there was like one joystick and one button. You know, it was big enough to be a Simpsons cabinet almost. It feels like, <laughs> but, um, you know what, you know what is funny? I, I got to mention this real quick is that how many games that I get today that have um, cigarette burns on them. And it it's, yep. a, really? it's a reminder of like, yeah, you used to be able to smoke in malls and stuff like that. And so people, <laughs> while they're playing, they just set their cigarette right on the game and it would like burn into the, you know, the plexi or 
or whatever. Yeah. I, you know, but you don't really think about that today, but how absurd it, that was back in the day that that was just normal. Yeah. And that's, and that's a part of our memories even like, I think back to that, like the smell of an arcade and the sounds of an arcade. I mean, that's one of those things that's included because you could smoke indoors. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. That is so crazy. Um, so when it comes to restoration stuff, finding parts that are, uh, you know, I mean, you see the typical stuff, every pole position around the steering wheel assembly, there's a, sh- a plastic shroud to find one of those shrouds that does not have burns. Cause it's got a perfect lip on it, uh, for the perfect for putting your cigarette on there I, uh, to find <laughs> one that does not have burns is as many pole positions that were made. Pole position was a huge game back in the day, driver game. And as many as those that were made to find a burn-free uh, plastic bezel that goes around the steering assembly is like next to impossible because it was so common. So if me being a restoration person, some of those parts are a little hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, Bradley, we, we got to talk about um, you're going to be in a museum. Can you talk about that <laughs> well, a little bit? Well, not me. I know not you're not. Personally. You personally have to stand there for three months. But, but your, your works, your works are going to be in a museum. Right. Yeah. Um, this hasn't been announced publicly yet, but it will Sorry. be within the next couple of weeks. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, here in Green Bay, um, I've been working with the Neville Public Museum, um, about doing a kind of like a flashback in time, uh, you know, let's take a step back into the 80s and just see what it was like to revisit some of these games. And literally, this has been like probably a, a three, three and a half year process of kind of going back and forth and negotiating. And finally, we've gotten it together and it's going to start the end of May 2013 and run through the second week in September. Um, and it's going to feature about 85 to 90 of Ooh my games, wee. something like that. Wow. So That's amazing. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a great opportunity for people to come and check these out. You don't know how often when people find out that I have some of these games, the first thing, the most common thing is, do you have a – Dot, dot, oh, of dot. Course. You know, oh, of course. because <laughs> yeah. they think back to the game that they used to play. Do you have a Tron? You know, do you have a Zaxxon? Do you have a Galaga? You know, Burger Time? You know, so, um, you know, for people to be able to come and see a lot of these games again, uh, think about that. If you said, Hey, uh, do you know anybody that's got a Burger Time machine? How hard would it be for you to find somebody that has one? Right. Back in the day, all you'd have to do is go to a local arcade. You'd find one. Yeah, exactly. So people to think back of their favorite game and then now to be able to see it, I, I think will be a, a great opportunity for a lot of people. And I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, Hall, Patillo, you're invited. I know. Yeah, we got to take a road trip. That's, a, that's incredible. I, I will have to come see that because um, – We'll be, I mean, we'll be up north eventually because my wife's uh, parents live in Michigan. Um, I don't know how much of a drive it is. I'm sure it is a bit, but I would like to see that. That sounds really amazing, man. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, it's it's really something I'm I'm pretty proud of. Um, you know, it's a lot of work because I I have a lot of pieces yet that I'm restoring um, that aren't 
museum ready yet, but I definitely want to be featured to have featured in this show. So I'm kind of uh, up against the clock on a lot of these machines, and and I don't want to rush a restoration either because then I'm going to be looking at it for the next how many years, saying I wish I would have done that better or whatever. But it's quite a process and quite an expense to restore a game, you know. But mm-hmm. some of these games fetch a, a really high value today. So, you know, it, it's not like it's all for naught, but, um, you know, it, it does take some time and it does take some money. And, and um, you know, so I just kind of take it at my own pace, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's freaking awesome. I can't so, wait to get up there and see that thing. Me and Hall need to meet and then do a road trip because since we I haven't think met so. still. But right, yeah. <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid, but are, 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 is there going to be a Play Choice 10 in the show? Oh, I actually, I don't know that that's going to make it. I do have a Play Choice 10. I do have a Punch Out. Uh, those are the two Nintendo cabinets that are usually paired up because they both have the dual monitor. Um, there were some Play Choice 10 games that were just a single monitor, but the one that everybody's seeking out is the dual monitor. Um, with the, the top has the instructions on the different games and then the bottom is the actual gameplay monitor. So, um, yeah, that, I'm gonna have to add that to my list then. Even though it's just a Nintendo, it's like, that's still awesome. It's iconic. Well, you know, you guys are home gamers uh, for the most part. And I will say this, that, like, take for example, uh, Nintendo, the original Nintendo system. You remember Super Mario. Right. So mm-hmm. um you could play Super Mario for probably, I don't know, sixteen hours without you know being done if you if you really wanted to. Now, playing Super Mario on a Play Choice ten, you'll be done probably in ten minutes because it is much, much harder. It is exactly the same, but there are where there's little tricks and stuff on the home version, there aren't those tricks sometimes or extra guys here or whatever on the actual arcade. Plus, playing it with an arcade controller is a totally different story. So uh, mm-hmm. just because you're a good home gamer on that does not necessarily mean that you would be good <laughs> on, the, on the arcade, which is interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know that they made any uh, actual changes to it. Like, I, I just figured it was an NES, you know, like not – actual hardware nes but i figured it was the same hardware with the roms running or something yeah you guys are going to get text now i i I can honestly say i don't know the exact um differences because that's a little bit on the edge of my you know collecting era stuff you know if you were to ask me about all the tricks in a donkey kong i could probably tell you a lot of those things but um (laughs) as far as that goes you know i'm not really uh familiar but i i do know that uh, it's it's much harder, and those Play Choice Ten games, uh, there is some differences too. Like even the game I mentioned earlier, Mario Brothers. Now I have the original Mario Brothers arcade, and then I also have it on a Play Choice Ten. Which for those of you that are listening, there's, it, it's these removable cartridges. It's a it's a it's a PCB that sits inside the game, just like other arcade games. But they have slots that you can put in these little. I would say they're probably about eight to ten inches long by about two inches wide. They're little cartridges that you slide mm-hmm. in. So that's where you get the ten choices. You know, ten different slots, and you can play any of those. And if you want to play different games, you just slide out the PCB and slide on a couple of those cartridges, and now you can play Duck Hunt. Now you can play Track and Field. Now you can play whatever. You know, so. But um, the Mario Brothers, why I bring that up, is the look of it is completely different. It, it looks different. It's kind of like taking, super, uh, say, Dr. Mario on a Nintendo, 
and then Dr. Mario on a Wii. It's similar, yeah, yeah. but it's different. Yeah, sure. Hmm. So. so, so Bradley, before we let you go, you got to tell us like just something that, and you've obviously told us a bunch of knowledgeable stuff, but just what's something fun and interesting that us guys that are, you know, PlayStation guys, guys that are a little younger than us that, that didn't get to go to the arcade and guys that are older than us that went to the arcade, but just might not know just something that's just fun that, you know, that people might not know about, you know, a certain game or a certain maker or, or what have you. Sure. I, a couple of real quick ones here. Um, real simple. Uh, the game Jungle King was, uh, well known for, uh, its look with Tarzan and it even does the, you know, the thing where he's beating his chest at the beginning and I'm not right. going to try and impersonate it. I'll let you do that, <laughs> Mr. Patillo. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. So they made several hundred of these machines, got it out there called Jungle King and oh, guess what? They forgot to ask the people from Tarzan, hey, is it okay if we use your Tarzan character on on the artwork of the game and the actual game. Uh, so they're, you know, pending lawsuits. So they right away take all these games and they redo it so that it's a guy on a, with a safari hat swinging instead of on vines on ropes and they call it jungle hunt. And, you know, oh. and they take out the Tarzan thing at the beginning and stuff like that. So, you know, things <laughs> like that happen all the time. Um, also, there's a game called Journey which um, is based off of the Rock Band Journey, which is a very, very collectible machine. Uh, it actually has a cassette player inside the game that when you get through with the five levels, it gets you to the bonus round. During the bonus round, that cassette player kicks in with uh, the song Separate Ways on a loop tape playing during the... Uh, you know, during the bonus round, which is a really unusual concept, but again, the, the sky was the limit. Right. Originally, uh, in that game, um, there was a camera mounted on top of the machine, the prototypes, that allowed the player to take a picture of their face and the, their face would be put on the bodies of these players playing the game. Oh, wow. But they quickly realized that people were taking pictures of not their face, and so that <laughs> didn't work. You know, so, you know, just uh, things like that. Um, one other little quick thing that I should mention, too, is that the, the thing about finding some of these machines now, you can talk about a Pac-Man or a Donkey Kong. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of those made. Now, there were a lot of games that came out during that era. Manufacturers were putting out anything under the sun, like, oh, that seems like a good idea. Okay, let's make it. And it was, you know, thrown out there because video games were so big that every game that you put out there seemed to, you know, make some money. And, and that was the concept, like, get as many games out there. So, um, nobody thought years down the road, Somebody's going to want to restore this. So I better right. hang on to this one or whatever. You know, a yeah. lot of these games got scrapped out. But there were games that were limited production. One of the games that I own is a game called The Three Stooges. And it was made in 1984. The company that made it went out of business as it was being produced. There was about 200 of these games made. Wow. Now, this was during the time where there were hundreds of games that came out you know, every year. Nobody thought, you know, there's only 200 of these. Someday these will be rare. We better put some of these aside or something, you know. So in existence today, I'm guessing there's probably, 
maybe 15 or 20, you know, maybe. Wow, and you have and, wow. uh, one of those is in my basement, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's kind of a an interesting thing. Um, when you reflect back on those, nobody thought, hey, I should hang on to this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> funny. Yeah, Lee, that is crazy. Hindsight is twenty twenty, man. Uh, hindsight is yeah, definitely Yeah, right, exactly. It, trust me. I remember going back to the arcade when these games were like – you know, they were not uh, drawing money anymore. And there would be price tags on these games. And we're talking like, here's a Galaga, $79. Here's a, oh. a, a Tron, $100. Here, you know, I mean, oh, unheard gosh. of prices today. But, um, you know, they were just looking to get rid of those because people didn't want to play those anymore. They wanted the newer games, the Street Fighters or the uh, Gauntlets or the whatever, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, you know, it's it's funny to think that at one time I could have probably cleaned house, but I wasn't uh, thinking someday. You know, exactly. So. Well, Bradley C., <laughs> so. man, we really appreciate you being with us representing Green Bay, Wisconsin. Thanks for coming on Married to the Games, man. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me, you guys. And uh, if you guys ever make it up to the Green Bay area, make sure and uh, look me up. I definitely love chatting with other people that have a passion for these games. And, uh, you know, I'd love to show you some of these. And that's half of it, too, is uh, sharing it with other people to say, hey, you know, remember this game. You know, so definitely look me up and we'll uh, connect on that. All right, Bradley. We'll talk to you later. That sounds awesome, man. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, see you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Bradley C. in the building. That was pretty amazing, man. I, I, you know, I know that you said it was going to be a 30 minute segment, but I could, you know, we could just keep going with it, man. <laughs> I know. That's pretty amazing. I, I love it, man. He's got such, he's got such a love for what he does. And I think that's one of the things that first ever drew me, drew me to him. I was introduced to him through a guy in our band. We just happened to be doing a show in green Bay and he already knew him because he, um, Bradley does radio and he used to play my buddy's song on the radio all the time. And so, uh, he had gone over to his house and he came back and his eyes were really wide. And I was like, what's up? He was like, Gabe, I, I didn't want to leave, but you, you got to come see this guy's basement. And just cause the guys, the, just cause the guys on the road know, you know, know me. They, they know that I love freaking video games and working it out. And, and so, uh, man, I went over there and I was like, holy crap. I mean, it's just for somebody like me or you, it just felt like heaven. You know what I mean? It was like, that's a, yeah, we were like, this is the bomb. So, uh, man, awesome, big, man. big shout outs to Bradley C. Thanks so much for coming on the show. All right. So moving on. Timothy Hall, what you got for me? Well, a uh, eye device came out this week. <laughs> yeah, it did. You don't say that a lot, but you know. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. The funny thing is, I watched part of it live. Okay. And talking about the Apple keynote. Talking about the Apple. Yeah, keynote. the keynote. The keynote. They announced the iPad four, and I was just like, "What? Wasn't Why? that weird? Wasn't that weird? Yeah." I was like, why was that necessary? That was not necessary at all. Didn't the three just come out? The third generation just come out? March. I mean, that's, they have like a six month thing. That, that was weird. They are really, me. really risking it with people, I think. Like, that is not right. I don't get it. I, I, personally, I don't get it. Okay, sorry. Continue. Well, that's the thing. You can't have two generations launch in the same year. That is messed up. I you just know what think I mean? that's, well, and it just doesn't feel like the bump ups are that big. Like 
in between one and two, one and two, I felt like that mm. was a good, like the iPad one, when you look at the iPad one, you're like, that thing is thick and clunky. And I think it doesn't have a camera on the back or something like that. And, mm. uh, and so when you go to the two and you add a camera and it's so much thinner, you know what I'm saying? It feels like that's a good move. It's like their little, their whole, you know, iPhone 3, 3S, iPhone 4, 4S mm-hmm. thing. You know what I'm saying? Then well, the, no, even 4S to the 5, 4S to the 5, yeah, it's a different body, but it just doesn't feel like that big of a thing. Like, yeah, the, the thing's a little wa- longer and you get another row of icons, but I'm with you on that one, man. Yeah, I mean... When you look at the iPad 2, you say to yourself, this is probably the iPad they wanted to make first. Right. It just wasn't there yet. Yeah. When you look at the iPad 4, you don't say, this is what the iPad 3 was supposed to be. You just say, "Eh, well, they got a new connector, and they're saying it's better performance. Yeah, it probably is, but it probably really doesn't matter because there's so many people on the iPad 2 still. Right. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think that they did this – to say, let's get that connector out there. I think that's probably why they. You did. know what? I felt like that too, and I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I understand that we have to move forward with the connector. Yes, but that last that, connector that that needed to happen. Yes, and I do understand that, but that is a painful, painful transition. Oh no, I understand. I mean, it's just like uh, getting rid of FireWire 400 was kind of painful in itself, right? Um, and then getting rid of 800 just now. Yeah, that's even more painful because now you've got it. Well, actually, I take that back because you can get an adapter for your Thunderbolt port. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's it's still there technically, but you're looking at education, for instance, um, mm-hmm. in these labs and stuff. When people are trying to hook up a FireWire drive or a FireWire interface or something, now they're going to have to go get an adapter from the, I don't know, the tech department or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they're... To me, there was just considering that the iMac is the way it is. There was no reason to take it out, and there was also no reason to take out the ROM drive. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah. well, I don't want to say there was no reason. I guess we're kind of moving forward with you know downloads and stuff, but still, it's like some people still need to burn discs. You know, like for instance, uh, again, education. It's like yeah, you have I'm to burn you. discs for your projects and stuff like that because. I mean, I just graduated not that long ago, and yeah. I was still submitting DVDs and CDs of my assignments. Right. So, and, and, I, and I understand, you know, go ahead and force everybody's hand. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's yeah. what you, you know, okay, guys, let's get up off these CDs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, come on, here we go. But at the same time, you're like, I mean, but i tell you this, Hall, I thought that, I thought, like, I was like, you know what? It's going to be. It, when when I first got an iPad 2, I got it for a present, and I wanted it real bad. And I, it, somebody got it for me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Thank you guys so much. And next thing I know, I stopped bringing my laptop out on the road. Yep. And I, and I noticed that even though I thought that not having a CD drive was going to be a big deal, it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Now that I don't have the option when I've been out on the road, I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have a CD drive. But I couldn't tell you the last time I did anything with a CD. Yeah, I mean, I'm still in that business because I'm in audio mastering. So it's like the CD is still really important to me. But I am like one in 
a hundred million probably. So it's all good. <laughs> but but you know that we're you know we're kind of in the same business: music, mixing, mastering. But we found yeah. so much that it was so much. But since we're on the road, we found so much that you, using our servers has been so so much well, better. Plus, than you're, plus you're in through. a national act, so you're you guys are probably selling more on downloads than you would with CDs. Yeah, I think. Whereas a lot of my clients are are local bands all across the nation, and it's like at the shows, man, CDs are still a standard. Yeah, so at local shows, which which totally makes sense. I'm just talking about for personal use. Yeah, yeah. It used to be you would look in your car and have 85 CDRs unmarked, and you're like, "Ah, crap! What song is this? What song is this?" Oh yeah, and it's just that's really dwindled for me. And just emailing and using servers, and hey, just go download it here, and you know, zip drive and blah blah. You know, it's zipped up and just unzip it when you get. I mean, it's just gotten that easy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, we're we're actually behind on our our bandwidth and availability of internet as far as a country is concerned. So like when I see like that. Tech is starting to well, not starting to, but is has become such a common thing now. Yeah, it it makes complete sense. I mean, you know, you go to Japan and their internet connections ten times as fast as ours is. Right. You know. Right. So they're they're they've been doing that. Okay. Okay. So back to the the mini. Yes. I, I can can I just say something real fast? Oh yeah, do it. Three twenty three twenty nine. What were they thinking, dude? Dude. Trust me, that that's the exact. My wife does not watch keynotes, and I just happened to put put the keynote on yesterday just because I wanted to get caught up. And she was like three hundred. She was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "I don't know what to tell you. I don't work there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I I completely understand. My wife was was interested at two forty nine probably. Oh, they'd fly off the shelves at two forty nine. Oh. Uh- that's the, and that's what I'm trying to figure out is my wife was saying if it's two forty nine we're just gonna go get two See? Like right away yep See when I text her and I said it's three twenty nine she said not interested <laughs> that's exactly my, my wife my wife was like she was like if it was two ninety nine I would have said let's get one yeah even at even at two ninety nine I would say. We can stretch that. We can, cause we'll buy it off Amazon. There won't be any tax or anything, you know. So right. We'll just, we'll, we'll still get them. But no, uh, 329, it, to me, and this is going to sound stupid. I'm not a, I'm not an iFanboy or anything. I like Apple products. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And I, I own them. But, um, 329, I think is a little arrogant, to be honest with it you. It was, it just feels like, a and little that's so weird to say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's so, it's weird to say because your competitor, and yes, I know they were saying this is not a seven-inch tablet. This is so much different. Yes, it's different, but it's the same idea. What? It's the same idea. We got a smaller tablet that's more mobile. Yep. I think that launching at two forty-nine, not only would they still make a profit because I know they would. Oh yeah, of course. But. Launching at two forty nine would just completely decimate the competition. Oh, I, it wouldn't even be close. And and you and, and the thing about the differences, I like you said that. I think people only know the differences because they're told the differences. Does yeah. that make sense? I have a ten eighty. That's, that's I have a, the truth. I have a ten eighty p television at my house. My buddy's got a seven twenty p television at his house. If we're just watching TV, I'm not like hmm. 
I have a 1080p at home that I'd rather be watching this on. You know what I'm saying? Sure, there's things that you can tell the difference, but there's nothing like going to the store and having them sitting next to each other where you can really see mm-hmm. the difference. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't come yeah. over my house and he's like, oh, man, you know, Apprentice looks way clearer on this television. You know what I'm saying? It's not there's, you know, they don't even broadcast the 1080p. So it's like, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. So I, I think it's only because they pointed out, here's an Android tablet. Here's this. Ours is 7.9, y'all. Theirs is just 7. And you're like, okay, well, okay, keep it going. Now, what they should have said, I think that wins the argument, (laughs) is this is an iPad. This is not an iPad. (laughs) And you're like, that's all I needed to know because that's all anybody cares about. And I'm a Droid guy. I have a Droid phone. I'm a Windows guy. I'm a Google guy. I love it. But there just ain't no beating that iPad right now. I have Windows. I'm a Google guy. I'm not a Mac guy, but I love the freaking iPad. That's the only, that's the only, I feel like argument they should have made. Not like, look at this, this inches and look at this inches and look at this pixel, look at this pixel. Just tell them this is an iPad. This is not. So they're going to go get the iPad regardless. And I think that's why they price it at 330. Exactly. The whole time they were describing these features and this is why it's different, blah, 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 blah. I felt like the whole time they were doing that, they were saying, this is why it's going to be more expensive. This is why it's going to be more expensive. You know what I'm uh, saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That they were trying to convince you, okay, we're about to shock you with the price tag. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to explain these reasons that it's so much better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the average consumer does not care. I think that the iPad Mini launching at 249 would make them care though, because they'd say, okay. The Kindle Fire HD is one ninety nine, but the iPad's two forty nine. I'm getting the iPad. Right. Screw this. Right. The pr- or they'd go to the store and see the Nexus Seven, sixteen gig, sitting on the shelf for two forty nine, and the iPad Mini sitting on the shelf for two forty nine, and say, obviously, the iPad Mini is the better buy. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's not even. It's not even close. Fanboy is like fanboyism aside. There's no argument there. No, and the the that and that's why they should have launched at at the most two ninety nine. Dude, it would have been a freaking wrap. My wife does not do apps. She does not do games. She does not do any of that. She would have wanted that thing if it was two ninety nine for sure. Exactly. My wife not that many apps, but for reading, it would have been perfect. For just doing some browsing on the couch and stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Facebook, all that. And it's not that much, uh. it's not that much less, but it's the principle. They priced it perfectly for you to say, well, shoot, I might as well just save up and get the, the full fledged thing. That's, you know that, what I mean? that was, that was what was the shocker to me. I'm like, so exactly. The iPad is that the, the regular size one is not that much because the mobility of it. The, I mean, the iPad's already pretty skinny. For what it does. And I mean, I don't see the big difference. And I'm not like, oh, I got to get the smaller one just because I can hold it with one hand. Like, that's not an argument made to me or that it's a. No, no. It's, what was the weight reference he said? As He said it's as light as what? A, a bundle of paper or something really weird. Yeah. A pad of paper. I, a pad of paper. Yeah. I was like, what is what does that mean? Like, so how many pages is that? How many pages is a pad? Every Every time they talk about weight. 
or size or something like that. I'm just like, I don't care. Right. Now, when he said like, it was – Do I th- care? I've got a three-pound laptop sitting on my lap most of the time. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. When he, did, when he did say that it was – when he brought it to term and said, you know, it's as thick as a pencil – like your your but your imagination is like oh snap a pencil a pencil that's thin you know what I mean so that was a good argument but the weight thing I thought was just ter- a terrible argument yeah I mean like I said the entire time they were just saying this is why it's three twenty nine this is why it's yeah. three twenty nine well I tell you don't be mad at us right exactly well here's a good thought though and I, I want you to speak on this what does this do for the Vita and the and the three DS at two forty nine it would have killed them. Sure. And I know the 3DS has, uh, you know, the games and it has a following and stuff, mm-hmm. but I never see kids toting around 3DSs. I'm sorry. I don't. Right. They got iPod touches. Yep. Period. Yep. Sure. Like that is the, you remember when, I don't want to say when we were kids, but when we were younger, let's say high school. Okay. You know how you'd see kids toting around like Game Boy Advance or something oh, yeah, like sure, that? Oh yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that was everywhere. Uh-huh. All kids had those. Oh, yeah. Now it's different. All kids have iPod touches. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Yep. So an iPad mini launching at 249 I could see kids toting that around. It's almost the same price as a touch. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And even even at – even that's the thing is even at 329 you're still going to see those people that don't care. And I think that's why Apple was like, let's just do it anyway. <laughs> But at at two forty nine, their market share would go back to where it was iPad one era, where I they pretty much totally owned. agree with that. I would love to just ask someone like, so why why the thirty dollars? Yeah, what what is this extra thirty dollars doing? Exactly, and they probably would turn around to me and ask me what this thirty dollars make a difference. But it it's just it just does feel a little different. I don't know why it just does. I mean, like I said, it feels arrogant. Yeah. Because really, having it at two ninety nine would make the most sense. Two ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine. There's your iPad models. You know Gosh. What I mean? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, three twenty nine is such an odd price. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I hate to keep harping on it, but I just think that was a that was a big mix misstep, and I think their stock is gonna is going to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. And then for the Vita, I don't think I've. I know I haven't. Have you ever seen anyone playing a Vita outside the store yet? I saw a Best Buy associate playing one while he was on the job. That does not count. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, outside the store. I mean like, have you ever been have you ever been like at the mall and looked over and seen a kid playing a Vita? No. Not at all. And I love Sony. I love so I, I have some of these companies out here that I love. I love Sony. I love Samsung. I like HTC, what they use they, they do with phones. I, I do love Apple. I don't have a lot of their products, but I I love the way they do things and the way they make things look. And I think they could they make the sexiest looking products. But I man, I just don't see that Vita anywhere. And I'm not trying to dog Sony, but I'm like, man. I don't see y'all's handheld anywhere now with the iPad being that small that a kid's hands can really get around it and play a game. Ooh, wee. I mean, I'd be ducking because Apple is headhunting. What do you think the parents are going to be saying? Am I going to get them this video game only device or am I going to get them this iPad that they can use for school? Oh, trust me. And, you know, stuff like that. It's going to be the mini. That's for sure. It just makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, 
is in terms of that too, I mean, how many 3DSs have you seen in the wild? You know what? I, I feel like I've seen at least a couple though. I don't know if, but I don't, oh, I don't know I've that they're three D. I don't know if they're three DSs. You know what I'm saying? What, Cause there's yeah. a couple of those. It that, could just be straight DSs. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like, you know, I know a lot of kids that have at least gotten those over the years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's all they care about is that they were bought at one time. But I mean, I don't, this is not going to help with the no, iPad. Not at all. Out. I it's think, not going to help anything. I think the game changed with the iPod touch really. Cause. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't argue with. Am I going to get my kid 40 games for $40 or am I going to get him one game for $40? <laughs> that, like, That's I just so remember true. I, Krista's, um, cousin, um, I think she's maybe eight years old. I don't remember. Or maybe, no, she's, she's like 10 or 11, I think. Okay. She had a, like, we saw them at like a, uh, I'm trying to remember where we were. I think we had gotten together for, somebody's birthday or something sure and she was playing her ipod touch and i noticed she was playing a free-to-play game see and the entire time we were there she was just playing the hell out of that game right why all not? of that use for free yep exactly Temple and it's run. like you yeah exactly you, you, and you buy them i don't know uh mario 3d land and they play it for i don't know 12 hours and then they put it away and they never play it again I mean, it's, what there's, is the better investment? <laughs> you know, especially for a kid. Like it's if you had told close. me exactly, if you had told me when I was a kid that I could just buy the console and then I'd be set on games for the rest of the time <laughs> I owned it at maybe a hundred dollars, or save up a dollar. Hey, if you save up a dollar, you can get yeah, this game. Save up a like, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yeah, like, I could do oh, that. Wow. Oh, and the graphics look amazing. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll a do dollar. That. Or yeah, even heck even yeah. these even these you know RPGs like you know JRPG fans like me these Chaos Rings games and stuff that are coming out you're like man five bucks for a long RPG that looks good and you know what I mean yeah. shoot heck yeah yeah I talk about Zelda being like one of my favorite games like I've got three or four action RPGs and I've never paid for any of them they just been free app of the day exactly <laughs> you know Golly. it's like dang man. How do you compete with that? You can't, and they won't. And I, I think, well, you know, I think the dedicated handheld device, I don't think the sales are ever going to be the same, and this may be it for them. This may be the last hurrah. Unless, I, I can't think of, and hopefully they do, I can't think of anything that'll make it come back around. You know what I mean? I mean, it's... Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know. IPad, I, and, and you can't be mad at Apple. That's a freaking good product. That's the bottom line. Exactly. And I don't think it's necessarily Apple that started this 99-cent game revolution. I think it was just capitalism and competition. Right. Like when the App Store opened up, the small developers said, you know what? I spent maybe $5,000 making this game. I'm going to make it 99 cents and see, see where I can get with it. And people were already used to buying singles for that much. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, it was just – it was – it was perfect timing, and to be honest with you, every game in the App Store ends up being $0.99 cents eventually. Oh, I mean, yeah. I have I have a ton of games on my iPhone, and I've never paid more than $0.99 cents for them. Oh, I, have I just ton. wait for them to go on sale. Oh, for sure. Uh, me too. I have pages and pages. 
Oh yeah, once the popularity dies down, it's like the developer's like, well, let's see, I could be making no money or 99 cents a pop. Exactly. Thank and you. And then I'll get back at the top of the chart, you know. Download it. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, iPad mini. Apple, it should have been a little bit cheaper, but good job. <laughs> Tip my hat to you again. It is. Yeah. Oh little, no, cause you know it'll sell. It'll sell like hotcakes. Exactly. It just it, ain't gonna sell as, as much as we were in, were thinking it would at a different price point. Exactly. So. And this is a little morbid. I just miss Steve Jobs, man. I just miss him. Yeah. I miss him being at these keynotes. I honestly do. I'm like, he, he was just, he was, you know, the, of course, old saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone. But like, mm-hmm. he was a star up there. He was natural. Yeah. And not that these guys were bad or anything like that. They're just not Steve Jobs, man. And I don't even, you know, never bought a Mac computer in my life, but I just liked him and, uh, and miss him being up there telling me how easy something is. I know he's gotten a bit more idle fanfare than probably any human deserves, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's like there was an Apple era of Steve Jobs and now we're in the post Steve Jobs era. You know, it's just yeah. how it is. Um, okay. Before we get out of here, I got to bring this up. I know this is, this is a long show, but I think we've had some great stuff going on and I didn't want to, I, I, I could talk for another hour. Um, does the name Isaiah Triforce Johnson ring a bell? Nope. Isaiah Triforce Johnson. He, um, he's well, I mean, a, I know what the Triforce, okay, Triforce rings a bell. Yeah, of course you do. You're a Zelda fan. <laughs> yeah. That's his name. Anyway, he's in line for a Wii U already. He, um, <laughs> <laughs> he he has lined up 27 days in advance as you know it's not coming out till november 18th so a couple of days ago he tweeted hey i'm gonna get in line that's me paraphrasing and uh he was the first guy in north america to get a wii and he was the first guy in america to get the 3ds and so he's kind of made himself famous or gotten a little you know gotten a little fame off being that guy but i thought man how crazy that this guy is already in line a month in advance almost to get this wii u yeah he's kind of in the same vein as those guys that line up a month in advance to watch star wars or something like that (laughs) yeah but that's different star wars can't like sell out for a year yeah. If you if you missed it on Friday, you could probably go see it Monday at lunchtime and nobody will be there. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I, he really wants one and seems like he's got the time to play one. So, <laughs> so he's sitting outside of no- Nintendo World, the Nintendo World store in New York City. Um, and, uh, you know, the president, what's his name? Uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> no, the president of Nintendo. Um, the president of Nintendo, he has gotten his Wii and his D- 3DS from the president of Nintendo himself. Cause he's, I guess he goes and, uh, Reggie there on launch day. Yeah. Reggie. There you go. Reggie. Yeah. yeah. Reggie's so, funny. Uh, yeah. He I reminds like me of Sammy Sosa. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if he kisses his finger and puts it over his heart, then I'm, I'm crack up. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> uh, so anyway, I thought that was really cool that he, so he's got pictures up on his Facebook and Twitter of being with Reg. 
Reggie and uh, getting his Wii and his 3DS. And I just thought that was crazy. I was like, somebody is in line already for the Wii U. I love that. Like, part of me loves it and part of me obviously thinks it's a little weird, but, but more power to you, Isaiah. I'm not, I'm not mad at you, Mr. Triforce Johnson, for working that on out. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Do what you like. <laughs> and I think he like owns an arcade or something like this or like, so I don't know if he's like had to quit his job or anything like that. I think he's, oh, I think okay. he's going to be all right. But you know, what's funny about him picking up his 3ds and his Wii in the picture, he's got a, uh, um, a power glove on. So he's been Nintendo die hard for a long time. So that's pretty nuts. And so he, he, he was tweeting. I, I, I looked at his tweets today and, he was talking about just sitting outside and being glad that the, you know, 3DS battery life was so long and, and, you know, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're waiting so long. He was like, yeah, but the thing y'all don't know is they got a freaking Wii U on the inside and I get to go in there every day and play it. I'm like, man, that's a kid in a candy store right there. That sounds good. That's nuts, man. I thought yeah. you were going to say something about he was tweeting like this power glove doesn't work for crap. LOL <laughs> or something like that. No, but it didn't. I had the power glove. Oh no, I know it didn't work. Oh, that that's, thing was that's awful. the funny part. It's just decoration. <laughs> exactly. It was great decoration. Oh shoot, Timothy Hall, we should get up out of here, man. Yep. Um, big thanks again to Bradley C for being on the show. Uh Timothy Hall, I'm Gabe Patillo. We're married to the games. Uh Isaiah Triforce Johnson is definitely married to the games. <laughs> <laughs> um, check us out on uh Twitter, Facebook, uh we're Facebook.com slash married to the games, Twitter at MTTG cast. So uh come follow us. You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher. Keep subscribing, keep listening, hit us up, mailbag at marriedtothegames.com, and uh, keep on gaming. We about this. Peace.